Good day to you. Hope you're having a wonderful day. We are reading in 2 Timothy. Now we're ready to read chapter 4. Last time reading chapter 3. At the end of chapter 3, Paul, in verses 16 and 17, reminds us that all scripture, I'm just going to say it in a a shortened version, all scripture is from God and is good for our instruction and our correction and our training in righteousness, knowing you know, how to behave and, and how to follow God and what His will is, so that we would be complete and prepared and efficient, uh, proficient and just ready for every good work and ready for anything that life might throw at us is how I'm taking that also. So that's the end of chapter 3. So now in the beginning of chapter 4, Paul is going to basically tell Timothy to keep preaching, okay, to keep spreading the gospel. So this is 2 Timothy chapter 4, and I'm reading from the Amplified Bible. I solemnly charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word. As an official messenger, be ready when the time is right, and even when it is not. Keep your sense of urgency, whether the opportunity seems favorable or unfavorable, whether convenient or inconvenient, whether welcome or unwelcome. Correct those who err in doctrine or behavior, warn those who sin, exhort and encourage those who are growing toward spiritual maturity, with inexhaustible patience and faithful teaching. For the time will come when people will not tolerate sound doctrine and accurate instruction that challenges them with God's truth. But wanting to have their ears tickled with something pleasing, meaning they want to hear something that's pleasing to them, they will accumulate for themselves many teachers, one after another, chosen to satisfy their own desires and to support the errors they hold, and will turn their ears away from the truth and will wander off into myths and man-made fictions and will accept the unacceptable, which all of this we see occurring even today. But as for you, be clear-headed in every situation, stay calm and cool and steady, endure every hardship without flinching, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill the duties of your ministry. So this, if we read all this as a personal thing to us, this is also an encouragement to us to do these things. I try to always, and I, I I know I don't always mention it, but I try to always read everything as it is, as if it is a personal message to us, because this is a personal teaching message to us from God. Okay, that's how all Scripture is. So I, sometimes it may be hard to read it that way. Sometimes finding how that applies to you. And there are things in the Bible that are of historical value that are not necessarily applicable uh, to us in a direct manner. That doesn't mean we can't learn a lesson from it, though. So, um, and I'm just thinking of historical things where we're talking about events that happened 
that doesn't mean we can't learn something from those events, but I still think of them as more of historical in a way. Anyway, so Paul is encouraging Timothy and thus us. Uh, and he's also warning us, you know, the time will come when people um, are not going to tolerate the true word of God and they're going to accept the unacceptable and we do see that happening already people accept murdering babies as okay and and I mean I'm talking about Christian people people who say they're a Christian they believe that it's okay to murder babies they believe it's okay to accept things into their congregation or people into their congregation that you know look Everyone's welcome to come and hear the word of God, no matter how you are in your life and no matter how it is. God accepts you as you are when you come to him. But, just to be fair, we can't have people we know have problems be like Sunday school teachers and be like leaders in the church. And I mean serious problems like they have, you know... Um, perverted things or they have some you know some serious problems and issues we all have some issues don't get me wrong but there are some things that we we have to watch out for we can't just accept that and say that what they're doing is okay when we know it is not it's just not and it's really not good for them is the thing the, the it's more important that we help them because it's not good for them than that we help them to do what we want them to do. I, I'm not really that concerned that they do what I want them to do because I don't live their life. But when I know that you know they're doing things that are hurting them, then yeah, it would be nice if we could teach them, you know, and explain to them that those things are wrong and that they're hurting themselves and yes I'm purposely being vague because it could apply to so many different things and not just any one or two things that I might be thinking of so because I have a particular thing or two in mind doesn't mean that this could not be more widely applicable to any number of faults gambling drinking drugs whatever you know um, not just any particular thing that I'm thinking of But we do see that happening. People are accepting the unacceptable. You know, we should not accept people hurting themselves. Instead, we should be helping them. We should accept the people and we should try to help them. But we can't necessarily, in good faith, let them be leaders of the church or, you know, Sunday school teachers or something like that when they have serious issues that they're they're working through and they need a chance to be able to work through those so all right <clears throat> he continues on here for I am already being poured out as a drink offering now there are some notes on this let me check this the drink offering wine was required as part of the sacrificial system of the old covenant so he feels like this is part of his sacrifice to the Lord and he is being poured out. So here in this um, 
in this imprisonment, and we believe this is probably Paul's last letter, or at least the last epistle that is in our Bible from Paul, um, during this second imprisonment where he is actually in chains and waiting, uh, waiting to die. Now, mind you, his arrest still couldn't have been super harsh. They did let him write a letter. But still, the idea is that he is actually um, more locked away and more chained and confined. Um, and he's waiting for his departure, meaning his execution. So let me read this again. Uh, for I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure, departure from this world is at hand, and I will soon go free. I have fought the good and worthy and noble fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith, firmly guarding the gospel against error. In the future there is reserved for me the victor's crown of righteousness for being right with God and doing right, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that great day, and not to me only, but also to all those who have come, no, to all those who have loved and longed for and welcomed his appearing. Now here, Paul's going to move on to some some personal concerns and personal things, and I'm not sure, like I say, as far as like historical facts, while we might be able to learn something from this, I'm not sure how this will apply to us, or if some of it may or may not. So, but he's talking to Timothy here. Now, Timothy is like his spiritual son as far as in the ministry. Make every effort to come to me soon. For Demas, having loved the pleasures of his pres of this present world, has deserted me and gone to Thessalonica. Um, Crescens has gone to Galatia, Titus to Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Get Mark and bring him with you, for he is very helpful to me for the ministry. But Tychicus I have sent to Ephesus. When you come, bring the coat that I left at Troyes with Carpus and the books, especially the parchments. Alexander the coppersmith did me great harm, but that is no concern of mine, for the Lord will repay him according to his actions. Be on guard against him yourself, because he vigorously opposed our message. So it sounds like this coppersmith may have... <clears throat> may have um, maybe burned some books or parchments. Sounds suspiciously like maybe he did great harm to his belongings in some way. But he says, did me great harm. The Lord will repay him according to his actions. You know. And he says that be on guard against that guy because he vigorously opposed the message. So he was really opposed. Now you might remember, let's see, that some of the smiths in, um, oh, I'm trying to remember, in Greece were opposed to the Christian, uh, well, the Christian beliefs and philosophy because you would no longer have graven images. You would not have, you would not produce, say, an image of Aphrodite to be worshipped, and that was a big part of their business, was producing items like that. So I don't know if that is in any way involved in this, but it sounds like it could be. All right, 
Moving on, at my first trial, no one supported me as an advocate or stood with me, but they all deserted me. May it not be counted against them by God. But the Lord stood by me and strengthened and empowered me, so that through me the gospel message might be fully proclaimed and that all the Gentiles might hear it. And I was rescued from the mouth of the lion. Now this probably, it sounds like he's talking about his first trial and it sounds like in that instance he came through that fine. He says, The Lord will rescue me from every evil assault and he will bring me safely to his heavenly kingdom. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. So he's saying, even in this instance, even though he's waiting execution, the Lord will rescue him. In other words, he's going to go to heaven He's going to be rescued regardless of any outcome here that's really of very little consequence. Uh, give my greetings to Prisha and Aquila and to the household of Onesiphorus. Erastus stayed on at Corinth, but I left Trophimus sick at Miletus. Try your best to come to me before winter. Eubulus wishes to be remembered to you, as do Pudens and Linus and Claudia and all the brothers and sisters. The Lord be with your spirit. Grace be with you. Now that's how Paul ends his letter. And this has been the final chapter. And as I said, at the, at the end, a lot of these personal little notes and, and things about people. Uh, some of these, I think, we might be able to learn something from. But um, some of this is, you know, personal information and personal things that's not necessarily um, totally applicable, like picking up the scrolls and bringing this to him, uh, bringing his cloak and stuff. But still, these things are um, wor worth noting. This is a, a personal letter, and that's, it brings that home that this is a personal letter from Paul to Timothy. And I'm sure that Paul also was hoping to speak to Timothy and help um, make sure that he was passing his ministry on in the best way possible. Because I feel or believe that he was passing his ministry on to Timothy as best he could. And probably to a lot of others, honestly. But, you know, I feel like Timothy is our, is our uh, special example here in the New Testament. So that is uh, the end of 2 Timothy chapter 4. I need to do a summary for 2 Timothy. I'm sorry. I, I did not say that correctly. A summary for 2 Timothy. And um, I will do that. And uh, that's what we will do in our next session. So I want to thank you for listening. Hope you have a wonderful day. And remember... God loves you.